crowd is not going to like this song. You don't know that. Don't judge a one Epstein crowd. <laughs> oh, I, I'm one of them and I hate this song. We have uh, Rory from uh, New Rory and Mall. That's right. Um, filling in for Sypha Sound. Sypha's dream has come true. He's become a white man with a red beard. Right? I'm just kidding. Well, Sypha doesn't actually want to be white. I, he just wants I to be treated. I got my dream of being Puerto Rican. <laughs> Well, you accomplish your you you accomplish that on your own. But no, Sife's dream isn't to be white; it's to be treated by white girls like he's white. That's really, yeah. that's really what he wants. I mean, how are you treated, Rory? Are you, do you you actually have an interesting existence? Um, in some ways, you're very white, and in other ways, I'm, your life isn't white at all. Obviously, I identify with this to some degree, but it's it's a very interesting place you operate in. I don't know. I never really. I don't really know life. The other way. So I've never really thought of it that type of way. But do you know what I mean? Like, but I mean, it, but you're, but, but for example, like, like I always say with regard to Jewish people that mm-hmm. I imagine there are Orthodox people who, who hear of me and go, that guy's not even Jewish and, yeah. and re- relative to them, they're correct. I barely practice, but because my name is Rosenberg and I'm a public personality, I'm also mm-hmm. like a fucking mascot for Jews also. And so like, yes. you're interesting you're because not, you're, you're not Bushwick Jewish. R- no, exactly. <laughs> And, and, and for you, you know, you're not Marlboro, New Jersey white. Um, yes. Well, and again, this, this one I've seen is, is extremely white. I think Lord <laughs> Jamar would have a, a brain aneurysm if he were to happen to watch this episode. So here's the deal. So Saif, as everyone knows, Saif's coming back next week, but we've been trying to get things done with different people. Yesterday we had Mark Ronson. Today we have Rory. I have been in contact with many other random people who we will get down the line, like Bomani Jones and T Payne, and we're gonna have different people when Sipes busy. But it just happened to be a very uh, white week. But Rory, <laughs> one, of those, one of those white weeks. So is Jeff from It's the Real on next. <laughs> Rosenthal soon come, soon come Rosenthal. Um, actually, it'd be Eric because Jeff's not a real podcast listener. Eric's the real. He's the one epper. Eric's the real and- one epper. And Eric has has much better Jewish curls than oh, I think Jeff does. So. You could uh, Jeff could pass. I mean, you know, oh, for sure. <laughs> He's tall. He doesn't have the curls. So, do you feel a redheaded hip hop kinship to Drewski? Jersey. Um, I think I need to apologize to Drewski. Let's let's hear about why you need to apologize to Drewski. I don't even know if the clip is. Uh, it was so long ago. Drewski was getting booked to DJ this like off brand biting version of Henny Palooza. It was like Henny Fest or like some bullshit. And I, I felt a way and I, I got this. in my feelings about it. I remember this. And I, I forgot. I was in, we were doing Palooza in Atlanta and my homegirl Steph had a podcast and she then went on to Revolt and do a bunch of other shit. Shout out to Steph. I did her podcast and she brought it up. And I I remember not saying kind things about Drewski when all he did was take a gig. Right. <laughs> like, he took a gig. It wasn't his event. 
it, it, yeah, I, I guess I just was in my feelings because there were so many parties that were biting our shit and kind of like devaluing what our, our actual worth in that event space would have been because we were just being affiliated with all these fucking terrible parties where bad shit was happening. And what were the other, it, what were the Henny Paluzzi knockoffs? Uh, there was Patron Fest. There was Henny Fest. There was everyone just started doing parties that were branded to a specific liquor theme or a vice theme, more or less. Right, like, right, right, fucking, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, there was like Dutch Palooza. I'm like, that sounds disgusting. First, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who even wants to do this? Like, <laughs> uh, there was a Hookah Palooza, which I'm like, All right, by the way, I'm the one. Who man, should what be, does it smell like in there? I mean, I'm the one who should be tight at at everybody. Who who had the first hip hop Palooza in in the game? I should have come after you guys and all of them. After we did Falooza, it never even connected in my head until I feel like, I don't know, you posted like a... A throwback. I used to go to Peter Palooza. Fuck. <laughs> maybe I maybe I bit that. <laughs> and those used to be really fun, Peter Palooza. They were. They were. Uh, really, I just stumbled on some pictures the other day. God, what, what a psycho uh, that I did that. But yeah, it was fun. To explain to the audience what's going on, Rory and I speak over text in a regular way like it's not yeah. we don't talk every day but your name popping up doesn't feel unusual it's a regular sort of occurrence that we talk so I was just like yo you want to come on you said sure didn't really think much of it about it until like this will be easy and fun and then when I was getting my hair cut earlier I was like wow depending where we wanted to go this could actually be a f- fucking spark plug piss people off kind of episode if that was the path we decided to go down yeah i just i that's not the place you're in that's not the place i'm not in that place at all i i want everyone to just enjoy themselves and do are you are you you in their lane you're not but that took me are you not in any beef right now with anyone of any sort no issues everything's very clean for you if it is it's one-sided i'm i'm not aware or i'm not participating in any beefs other people can go on rants and speak all they want People aren't currently doing that at this moment, are they? Not that I've seen. Not that I've seen, but, you know, I, I don't research it. I mean, you didn't get really, it. You I didn't... don't really type my name in Twitter anymore. Good I've f- become very much evolved when it comes to hate on the Internet or just people saying things about me. I've come a long way. I'm not one of those two cool people that was like, oh, but the Internet never affects me. Not affecting me at one point. <laughs> well, like, yeah, yeah I, I, I was mean... annoyed at one point. Yeah. Well, I, um, I think anyone who follows you is aware of, of that point. It was it was it was a known thing. I'm glad now, I mean, I'm glad because you're still young. You figured it out. You figured it out sooner than I did. I'm, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still working on it at 43. I'm certainly better than I was. But as you know, I mean, I'm what? a few months removed from getting myself thrown into shit that I really afterwards was like, why was this worth my time? Maul said one of the most simple, but like profound thing. He doesn't even know like how much it affected me. Oh, please. He said this to me one day. Okay. He was like, what are you getting so worked up for? You have the truth on your side. I was like, fuck, I never even thought of it that way. Why am I getting upset? That's super interesting because I think I think of it as the exact opposite. Like I'm like, since the truth is on my side, And since the opposite is being said, like someone is literally spreading absolute made up lies because Maul, let's be honest, naturally speaking, is probably cooler than both of us. So he processes it differently. Whereas I, yeah, I process it the opposite. I'm like, no, 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 fuck that. That's not true. I need to let everybody know the truth when really his approach is much better. You also have to look at it like, and this isn't a shot at anyone in particular. 
Here we go. You have to see who's who's saying it. Fuck what they're saying. Look where it's coming from and who the person is that's saying it. And then make a choice if this is something worth entertaining or worth my time. Like the, the problem with beef, what people just forget, and let's not say beef, because this is all, I'm not in any beef. Right, right, right. This is <laughs> all. Words on the internet are never beef to correct. even begin with. Um, beef is the summer jam for Hot 9-7, as the great Most Def said. I didn't know exactly what he meant, but keep going. You know how you guys put the lyrics up like uh, in the entryways at MetLife yeah. Stadium? Do you guys know you put a, up a Lupe Fiasco Dispar, I think, at Summer Jam, if I remember walking. I was like, I wonder if anyone knows that Lupe was actually shitting on Summer Jam. What did he, lyric. what was the bar? I, I didn't from, see it that. It was from Dumb It Down. Oh. It was from something. I'll have to look it up. I actually wish I remembered. Um, I'm going to find it. I don't know why that crossed my head. I'm going to find it. Um, but yeah, with the beef thing, you have to remember too. Once you get in a war of words with somebody or beef with somebody, you're now in the same sentence as them. Do you feel comfortable having your name next to their name? Because now you're putting yourself as an equal to them. So there's certain people that I just don't feel like I'll go back and forth for because I have no interest in our names being in the same sentence. So that's another way I've looked at that type of shit. By the way, again, another really strong point. That is the way to think about it. And for me, and I haven't really opened up that much about this on the podcast, but, you know, like the last time I went down the road with academics, it got so criminally offensive and made up and offensive that I hit that point of like, you know what? Actually, if that's how, what the rules are, you do win. Cause I can't, I can't do this. This, this yeah. you're now playing with things that are so crazy that the only steps that have, I don't know where one goes after this, except really you alter your life in negative ways. Like this is where are we yeah. going now? So you know what? The internet is yours. Have a good time. He just did a sit down with DJ Vlad. I didn't click it. Like, do whatever mm. you're gonna do. But I can't. I, I, I can't I go there. It. You watched it. You gave them I a click. It. I watched it today. I think it's because when you texted me, you ended up in my algorithms, and it popped up on YouTube. I was like, oh, I'm talking to Rosenberg today. Let me click this. <laughs> How bad? So give me give me the synopsis. How bad was it? It wasn't bad. It wasn't. They were just they were discussing radio and and how radio is dead now and how dead and irrelevant. And yeah, and how they're the greatest. And it, it was a Vlad acting. And listen, the two of them together, say what you want about them. They'll be entertaining. The internet will like the two of them talking. So yes, that's it. That's, I, I get you know it. what? I like that. That's a very positive approach to it. And you're, you're actually 100% correct. And, you know, in all fairness, in being honest about both of them, I have never been friendly or kind in how I've discussed either of them publicly in my entire life. So I can't mm. really expect a lot back in return. I guess it's just the yeah. lines that I'm not willing to cross. That's just, that's the, the well, thing. Well, I, yeah, I, I feel you. And that's again, why I don't do a lot of the back and forth. Cause I don't, and in no regards, I'm a, a tough guy or, or anything in that regard, but I do consider myself thorough to some, to some degree. And I don't play those type of games. I'm not that young and into the internet where those things like mean nothing. Are okay. To me, like it's okay to me because it's the internet. Right. Like I'm still not that evolved. <laughs> So I don't I don't want to even participate because I don't play those types of games. You wait, you're, so you're, you're just, what? You're in your mid thirties, right? Thirty two. Thirty two. Okay, thirty two mm. is old enough to not play internet games. That's that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just I'm I'm not interested in it. I just I just bought a dining room table. I'm doing interior design in my house. I don't care. What's your um? <laughs> what's your current romantic situation? I'm single. You're single. So when yeah, you I'm, so you bought a dining room table just as a single adult. 
that's an interesting road to go down. That, you know, the really making smart home decisions without well, I bought my first crib. You bought oh, congratulations. So, when, when do you yeah. so when do you buy your first crib? Um, I closed in November, but then I was on the road and traveled so much. I felt like I didn't even really move into it until this year. And with all fucking furniture being on back order, like I'm now just getting shit that I ordered in January. So it's it's starting to feel like home. Oh, now. but dude, well, but hold yeah. on. What the fuck were you ordering that it, it, it it's August and you were getting things from January? When was the last time you ordered furniture? Everything's well, on back order. It's it's happening right. I'm I'm literally about to do I, it right now. And I I, I, I I'm not listen, looking forward to it. In some degrees, it's your fault because uh they said the delay on my dining room table was because of Israel and Palestine. And I was like, what is it going through there? Why? <laughs> Why is, wait, why is it wait, delayed because of that? <laughs> wait, what the fuck does that even mean? I will sh- I'll show you the email. They blame it on that in Russia and the conflicts going on overseas. I'm like, what does that have to do with the glass dining room table that I ordered? That is wild. Um, yeah. Well, that is very exciting, though. But I'm so glad that we just talked about Drewski because Drewski hit me on DM when my first single came out asking for the clean version. Wow. And I, and I, miss, I missed the DM for like a week. Cause I just, I don't really check my DMS the way I, I probably should. And I replied back with the, the clean version for him. And he was like, Oh bro, I already played it a few times on the radio. I yeah. was like, Oh fuck. Why did I say mean thing? This guy's so nice. So nice. <laughs> so nice. And although like, although I'm it, such an asshole, even it, though it was like, I'm saying it was maybe eight years ago that I said this shit. It like, was very, it's very like you and I are, are not similar in some ways and very similar in other ways. And I think we sure. both have that. We both have that stupid gene of like, if there's someone who could be perceived as in my lane or were similar in some way, my default initially until my better brain registers, unless I'm given a reason to like them, I would naturally go to fuck them, which is a shitty, which is a shitty place really to go, go to. Fuck them. I'm just not, I don't like getting to know new people to begin with. So it's not usually fuck people, but it's always like, I don't particularly care. And that can come off dismissive and like an asshole and that I am on some fuck him type of shit. Right. The Drewski thing was not. just personal. It could have been any DJ that did that. And I would have said something. It, it, it wasn't so much that we look like fucking twins, but it, <laughs> it, that just, you know, obviously added. To and, and what town are you from in Jersey? Again? Well, I'm, I'm in Jersey City. I spent a lot of time in, in Jersey City. Mostly Jersey City. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've between my Dad living fucking everywhere. I've lived Baltimore, Fort Lauderdale, Queens, Rhode Island, Jersey City. I've I've lived fucking everywhere. Is your dad is your dad a I say this with all due respect, is your dad a maniac? Yes. He is one hundred percent the Irish guy that grew up in Newark and the Bronx in the seventies and eighties. Like he's he's that he's that guy. He's that that stereotypical guy. And is that what he sounds like and feels like also? Yes and no, because he's very charismatic. He's very witty. He's fucking hilarious. Like he can control and own a room in a heartbeat because he does come off as a very fun guy. But that can shift. There is no middle ground with him. It's either he's the funnest guy in the world or he's probably going to beat the shit out of you. Matter of fact, he is going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and it's already over. So, so, yeah, so that's the mania. There's no middle that's, ground yet. There's no the middle part. ground with him. And that, that can shift without warning what well, uh, he's he's a great ki- guy he's just you know he's a fucking old irish guy <laughs> what what uh what kind of cigarettes does he smoke he doesn't smoke cigarettes he's a big weed smoker big big weed okay smoker. big but big yeah, yeah i remember that i remember he you smokes and, a lot of weed you and i were on the phone one day a long time ago i don't know why i don't know what's happening 
but I remember you were with your dad and somehow he was like taking a piss out of the car while you were on the phone with me or something. Does that sound no, familiar? We, my, my dad and I, so uh, my, my secret parking spot, which I can give away at this point, I always park at Concourse Village in the Bronx to go to Yankee games. That's like my secret fucking parking area. Okay. Um. So him and I were in the car in Concourse Village and, you know, drinking before the game in the car. And we were listening to your show on ESPN because my dad listens to your show all the time. And yes. he asks about okay. you often. Oh, that's nice. Okay. My, my dad asks about you all the time. Okay. Sometimes I think he's alluding to like, hey, can he get us Yankees tickets? And I'm like, I mean, <laughs> dad, chill, chill, chill. Um, and, you know, we, we started drinking him. At that point, you know, you were still sort of on the podcast with us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we prank called your your show and it went live. And I and my dad and if I remember correctly, yes, I think my dad was pissing outside of the car while I was on the phone prank calling your radio show. <laughs> did you prank call as yourself? Like, did you say you were you? I think whatever I forgot what you guys were talking about, but, you know, like the uh, producer or whatever will like screen the call. Yeah, And they'll say like, what, before what, they what get are you on. About? Yeah. Like, what is it? I don't think he asked for my name, but I accurately replied to what you guys were talking about. And then once I got on there live, oh yeah, I just you did the that, true that you, <laughs> you did the true shitty douchebag move. That that's yeah, what the which, whole move is. But I but I grew up listening to the radio. I'm 32 right. years old. I know all the radio tricks. Right, you've done these tricks. Call in. Uh, so yeah, we call. I think I said something about the the JVP shit, and you just being a piece of shit that can't get us a guest. Oh, <laughs> something like that. that. Oh, I do remember this. It you was know, something like that. Hey, by the way, I was thinking about this earlier also. Do, do we first know each other from by any means? Yes. I, I just just had dinner with Aristotle. Oh, man. How's That's Aristotle it. doing, dude? Aris is doing fucking great. He just shot his first feature film. Um, Like they literally just wrapped. He's in editing right now. Wow. Um, It's incredible. Yeah. Aris, like, Aristotle, of course, we know how great he was at music videos, but he's on he's on some whole different shit. Like he's known at Sundance like. It was it was amazing when he was doing Nas videos, but now it's like he just went full fledged. Nas is EP in the uh, his feature film. Hey, so, look, his number still comes up as blue in my phone. Has he kept the same number all these years? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's ever changed. Yo, if, for people who don't know who are listening, Aristotle was like, I kind of want to call him like a boy wonder. He was very young and found a way to be successful at like everything he was trying. He also found j cole and was j cole's first manager like j cole was first if you look at the come up mixtapes yeah and like those early ones the by any means logo was on there and like if you uh who, who did the drops uh why the fuck am i blanking on his name i love one of my favorite djs growing up uh jesus christ what did the drops he for did, the j cole tape yeah i don't know he did he did a, a bunch of like stack bundle shit he did joe shit uh, it'll come to me um but like on the j cole come up mixtapes like the dj's yelling out shout out aristotle shout out ali shout out like just the by any means group so cole was originally like first on by any means not paperwork wise but so you know, so, I, so you know what you're saying so you know, you're, you know what you're saying you're <laughs> saying aristotle although i'm sure he did much more but from a credit standpoint he's like peter rosenberg on the joe button podcast like more or less, yes, he's been yes. left out of the story, but he was uh, he was there. He was definitely there. You were the first voice they heard was you. First voice ever. First voice ever. This is what annoys me about people. Why do you bring it up? What? 
Yo, if you had a friend who you just helped, I'm, I, I, I've never tried to say I was the be all end all, but if you had just a friend that you helped and supported and were like, Hey, this would be, you should do this. You're fucking good. This will be awesome. Here's how, uh, if you just played a small part in that and because maybe of your own doing, I'm not saying it's not because of me because of your own doing ended up not being fully involved. And it mm. became one of the biggest things in the world in that genre. You wouldn't bring it up every six months. Like it comes up every six. Like, yeah, Joe, <laughs> he went on to be one of the biggest podcasters in the game. Of course it's going to like, it doesn't mean I'm angry or tight or expect a check to come in the mail. I, I don't, a gift would have been maybe like once when he got like his biggest contract, if he'd been like, hey, Pete, check the mail. And I looked and he just sent me like a, a fire framed big pun photo. That would have been nice. I would have accepted a gift, but I have no expectations. Oh, I- and we don't have to go down, right? But I can promise you, Joe Budden was not going to buy you a photo of Big Pun and send it to your house. <laughs> that's not a bold. That's not, I hope that's not the boldest it's thing like you if, say. That, if that's what you thought would happen, if Joe would just be, you know, out on a target run and run into a Big Pun. Be like, you know what? Photo be like, you know, would love this. Pete would love this. Now, now. But I, I mean, listen, <laughs> I, I get it. I, I have no leg to stand on. I did a fucking two and a half hour response video. And charge two dollars for it. So who the fuck am I to even comment? On that? Where, where? Uh, I, I get it. You asked me the tough question earlier, and I don't know if this comes up on your podcast often or not. But like, where are you and Joe right now? No relationship. None at all. See, I was never even going to talk about this shit. And at some point, I'm going to have to do a fucking press run for my album, and I have to get prepared. Oh, you know what? This is be good asked, practice. To be, to be asked this, to be asked this question a thousand times, and yeah, I just have to figure out the best way I want to be represented with with my answer. That's true. I was kind of over the entire thing. I didn't really hold. I was very angry in the beginning. Don't get it wrong. I was very fucking angry. Yeah. I was very hurt. I was fucked up. Yeah, it was it was a really shitty time in my life, personally and just business. Because again, how you're saying something you built and it's the biggest thing ever. Yeah, it was. You had a much knew, you had a much bigger role in it than no, I did. It was, it's is what I knew for almost seven years that stopped in a, a day. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was definitely fucked up. Obviously, there was the personal level of the, the entire thing. Um, but I did start to get over it. Um, I can't lie. When he did the press run with the Dizza math thing, I I kind of got re pissed off. He went on with Smokey the, and and went on with math. Yeah, and and he might have done some some other press as well. And of course, I'm never telling somebody that they're not allowed to talk about an experience they were involved with. I'm not mad at him doing press runs or anything. Just the things he said in it. I know he knows is completely untrue. So it just pissed me off again when I was getting to a place that I was kind of over the shit and like was in a place where like, yeah, I don't really fucking hate this person anymore. I know things are weird, but I don't hate them. But that press run put me in a place of like, what? come on. Right. It reignited the like actual <laughs> anger about it for a while. Like we're still on this and your story is changing. Like what is what is going on here? But it is I, what it is. But listen, I, I really don't. I really don't old crazy resentment for it. I, I really do wish everybody I know this sounds political and corny I really mean this I do wish everyone the best I think I think <laughs> but, no, no, but, but it, it means more everyone sounds cliche and corny saying you wish Joe the best means more I think uh well I, I mean I I know even though I disagree and probably will never have a relationship with a lot of people that were on that staff and do still feel a certain way about how they handled things and the certain things they said behind the scenes and on camera and just how they overall moved in a regard that I thought those were people that 
were my friends. I can't just say Joe because I hope everyone else does well too. I don't want people right. to stop eating. Right, right. Like, when I, you say I, everyone, I you mean the, you mean the bigger everyone of the show? Yeah, like I know people on his staff's kids. I know their wives. I know, like, I don't want people. I don't want to see the demise of them. So, like, <laughs> when I when I see like right. all these numbered games and all these debates and the fans being split, I'm like, I wish they knew that. And I think I speak for them all too in this regard. We don't want to see anyone fucking career end. Demal and Joe speak at all or no? No, not at all. So it was a complete sever with both. Interesting. Again, totally different circumstance. But I think to have a close relationship with Joe on some level, and listen, Joe's not my best friend, but we definitely had, we've had a lot of ups and downs over the years. To have any sort of long-term relationship with Joe is going to have complicated moments. I almost felt like how everything played out with Marissa, with me to some degree, but more so with Marissa, that then I watched it play out with, with you guys. I almost had that feeling of like, you got cheated on by someone and now the new person's with them. And you're like, all right, let's see how this plays out, bud. Let's hope you don't end up feeling the way me and Marissa feel. <laughs> um, yeah, right. There was a certain element of that, but it's weird. Cause I yeah. do, I, I, hope, I, I hope do that hoe cheats on you too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it does, it does make me feel, uh, I do feel a weird, like I care, I care for Joe. I wish him the best. Um, I do. He is, he fucked me a couple times. He, he really fucked me good. On the fucking XXX Tentacion passing when he said shit that I said and and to- literally something that no one heard and said it in a way out of context that made me sound fucking like an insensitive monster. That shit, bro, I was getting straight up death threats. I'm like, bro, you took words that I said, totally changed them like you didn't know me. Like you think I'm a really bad person. Like, why would you have done that? See, but he, but the thing is, Joe, it's always in, in his eyes, it's kind of always in the spirit of performance. And I don't think that's a legitimate excuse, but at the same time, I've made peace with it and I don't let it affect at this point, the way I view him overall. You know, I, I, I also do wish him the best, but obviously your situation, I'm glad that you say that, but your situation's a lot more loaded. And that being said, it also worked out fantastic for you. And I said this to you at the time. I think yeah. I I hit you at the time and I'm like, yo, I know this sucks, but just to be clear, your life is indelibly different because of the Joe Button podcast. Like you oh, absolutely, you know what I mean? And so like, yeah, it sucks how it played out. But at the same time, man, here we are now and look at you. And and obviously you've, you've, you've only turned it up more and more since then. Yeah. And I don't think any of us are mad at the pivot of what happened with the result. It's just how it happened. I, well, I can speak for me, and I, I do think the other two probably would say the same. It, it was corny. Like, I, I never wanted to be those guys. Like, we made fun of those guys. You did. And then we you, made a, you made a living making fun of them. Yeah, we did, like, we did a full morning show about it. We did, like, one full day, basically, about your about the blow-up of the podcast. But you guys have went through some of that turmoil, I feel like. Well, yes. Oh, at Hot, in general? Yeah. I mean, the Hot shakeup, the whole Ebro coming, Sife leaving. I mean, there's certainly weird shit that's happened. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in fact, yours was what much more entertaining. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> yours was I like, mean, when you're, when, you're, when you're screaming at empty chairs, I mean, what, what's funnier than that? <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, listen, Joe knows how to put on a show. You know what I mean? Um, how much did you expect when you started doing the pod with Joe? that like podcasting was going to become the focal point of your professional life. It wasn't in my mind in the, like that early, early stages when we were 
up on 54th Street, yeah, just shoot shooting the shit. No, um, I did see it as something that I could utilize in my career, but again, I was so much on the behind the scenes shit that I think my thought process in those first, I don't know. 30 episodes was like, oh, this will be a really cool thing that I can pivot and use and like really help produce the show and and use it in my career and in, in other ways. And at that point, Joe was still very much focused on music. So this was also a side gig to him the same way it was a side gig to me. Um, I just think we start because, you know, we both weren't stupid and we could see the numbers and we could see the impact it was having and we could see the fun we were having and we could see how things were changing drastically between radio into podcasting at that time. How did you and Joe podcast. get boom? How did you and Joe get close in the first place? By any means. Same thing. You met him through by yeah. means too. I, uh, I produced, um, uh, what the fuck is the name of the record? Uh, castles off, uh, no love lost. I produced that video. Um, and we did like some other marketing stuff for him and we did, um, a merch thing with him as well. And we, yeah, we, we came cooler from that. It was very much an industry meeting, but I would never consider us industry friends. It was it was always a, a more personal friendship. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely my mess. But how's how's Marissa doing? Marissa's good. Um, I actually she DM'd me today about oh yeah. I hit her up um to ask her what she was doing. She, I saw she was on the set of something. You know, Marissa had one she's 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 she seems really happy. She's found a home in LA and it mm-hmm. seems to be, you know, it seems to really suit her. She had a shitty thing happen in that she was working on that fucking, she was working on that Cardi B movie. Do you remember the Cardi B movie that got completely canned? No. That story really didn't make the the sort of, it didn't make, it made Hollywood headlines. It didn't make hip hop mm. headlines. Yeah, well, shout out to Mike Kaiser. Exactly. So, <laughs> so Cardi was starring in a movie about a lady, a woman who was pretending to be an old lady and hustle people. Remember, you remember hearing about that? No, it was going to have it, it was going to have like nutty professor makeup type shit like she was going to be okay, made gotcha. up. You know what I mean? That was this of, after she said that the whole finessing men in the motel. Or oh, whatever oh that fucking way. It was. Oh, way after okay. that. Yeah, yeah. So that it was. All right. Cool. This is in the last year. So this movie was getting made and it was it was. Was mer- Tyler Perry going to play her? Or <laughs> how is that going to work? Tyler Perry. Tyler <laughs> Perry would play Cardi B and Cardi B would play. The grandmother. Yes. No, but, okay. it, but so whatever, this movie was all set and Mendez was here for a few months working on it. And uh, yeah, Cardi pulled out the, the principal shooting started on a Monday. Cardi pulled okay. out on Friday. Jesus. It, it didn't end up being that big a story, but like I was talking to Hollywood people and I, I love Cardi. This isn't shade at Cardi. But this is the reality of what the situation was is it was like, yo, this is going to really hamper her down the line you can't just pull out on a hollywood big budget movie like this like you can't just like the amount of jobs that were already started like i mean god bless marissa she's on the low end of the things to worry about there's a lot of things a lot of Mm. people who were set to fucking go yeah um and i i it was very interesting um i hope that cardi ends up getting a big comedic role one day and could do it because i i would think she'd be fantastic at it but by the way this is like the most obvious shit that still doesn't feel obvious in 2022, even though it should being funny and holding up your phone and being funny to your followers is just not the same as comedic acting. 
it's just not. No, like I, it, I wouldn't even say with with podcasting. It's not I even remember, um, with that. I, I remember when Charlemagne and, and Brilliant Idiots were like pulling a bunch of Twitter personalities, which at the time I thought was a, a great idea. Like I thought it was really good that they were doing that. These guys were very popular on Twitter. They were hilarious on Twitter. Like, yeah, let's let's get a microphone and, and make some jokes with them and do an episode. So many of those guys, and I don't, it's not a fault to Charlemagne or to, to Andrew, but so many of those guys you realize are only funny when they're typing something on their phone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's the same thing with these TikTok comedians or Instagram comedians that go and try and do stand-up. And it's like, no, this is a different monster. That nerdy just sit and type funny joke shit does not translate when you actually have to be on a microphone and be actually intelligent. You don't have a lot of time to think about responses or jokes or even how you say things. You have to be really quick, witty. Like a lot of people don't have that. And that's why I don't think it really ever works when someone blows up on some comedy shit and tries to do a podcast or tries to become a stand-up comedian or tries to do an actual role. Very rarely does that ever happen. Yeah. The- Cardi, on the other hand, she started on the internet clearly was the fucking star of love and hip hop. Yep. And then it transitioned into her. And I just, since it's one Epstein, let's get really nerdy. How she delivers her raps. I don't care who writes them. I don't, I don't, I'm not here to even talk about that. How her flow delivery, her inflections with her voice, all of that derives, I think from those early days on the internet. So she's she's really good. Very, very few people that has transitioned so well from that. So I could also see that talent working in a movie like because we've seen her in every single step deliver after she was the funny girl holding her phone up like I'm Cardi B. I completely agree with you. First of all, I, I always agree. I think people say a lot of different things about Cardi B. Her performance on records can never be questioned. Like her actual Ever. performance is fucking rock solid. And that speaks to exactly what, what you were just saying. I just wonder whether she believes it. You know, I think for Cardi and I think about this a lot and this is a good portion for us to get into some nerdy music talk because you definitely enjoy doing that as well. I think Cardi right now is in a really tough spot. Toughest. And honestly, whoever whoever is most in charge of along with her and deciding this, they have only made things worse. Like they have they have put her behind the eight ball so bad to where at this point it's like. How do you hit the kind of home run she needs, Rory? She needs to hit a fucking towering Aaron Judge 500-foot home run right now. It's fucking hard. It's, but what's so interesting, too, and what would devastate me is the record she just put out, I, I mean, obviously, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, and I know people are sensitive, flopped by Cardi B standards. Cardi B is not the problem on that song. Cardi B is the best part of that song. The fact that you get Dirk and Kanye on a single and it, flops and your Cardi B, yeah, I would be scared too. And I, and I can't even fault their team because of course, yes, she needs that home run. Let's go get Dirk, one of the more popular rappers with the kids. Let's go get Kanye, a fucking He's legend. Kanye, yeah. And then, and then Cardi fucking bodied it. I she think Cardi's great on it too. She killed both of them. It, the problem is Kanye and Dirk on that record. It's not even Cardi. Uh, that I'm, record flopped because of, because of them. I feel that's just my personal. Oh, opinion, Ka- Kanye's <laughs> verse was Draka. The Kanye- we have to stop with these these unfinished uh, Kanye verses. That, well, that's the thing. And and but, okay, but, they're, they're getting but, it. They're getting annoying. But by the way, that and that's they've where, been on the last three. They were on the game album. They were on the push yep, album. But that's why you um, can't. But that, that's why you shouldn't take the gas off of her team. 
because everyone was so thirsty to use their that Kanye verse. They should have known mm. this isn't good enough. It sounded dated. The second we heard it, I, I remember Cass play. Me and Cass were talking, and Cass went up. We were like, "Yo, you could tell this is his flow from a year ago. You could tell this is yeah. beat. Like this is not and, it." And I'm referring to um the Easy record on Game album, the one with yeah. Dreezy, because Dreezy smoked Game and Kanye. But it sounds like an old ass shit. I think it's almost dry. Is damn near a flawless rap album. The only problem is the lazy fucking flip that Kanye West did with the one plus one Beyonce shit, and then the unfinished verse that he put on. Like Kanye was the issue that would make it's almost dry not a perfect album to me. Wow, which is so weird. I know, and I'm a Kanye stan. I am a Kanye West stan. Do you know? Do you know it's really hard for people? I, I'm I'm telling you, like you don't hear from psychos all the time. It's really hard for people to accept that you can love Kanye and also be fucking critical and annoyed by him. Like people can't yeah. seem to accept that. Like, yo, I was talking about it recently with my girl. She's never been to a yay show. She's been to a good amount of hip hop shows. Never been to a yay show. And I started going through the list in my head. I've been to like every tour. And I basically, with the exception of when I DJed for consequence at glow in the dark, every other tour I bought tickets as a stand and sat out there in the crowd. Like I was a, it was not a, like I had a relationship. Good. This is not Kendrick. This is Kanye. I didn't have a relationship, all fanboy shit. And then that it's like, it's like his fans are weird though. It's like, they don't allow you to even be critical of these things that he does that are like, fuck the pop. Let's not even bother on the politics. Cause you're a music guy. Musically, Rory, he started doing this shit where like being lazy and messy and incomplete and late and all this shit, pretending that was all part of the art as if every other great artist in history hasn't had to hit deadlines and do all the annoying shit to make their art work. It's fucking horse shit, bro. And he's, and he, and it's and he suffered because of it. Like his his product has suffered ever since Life of Pablo. There's been good things, of course there have, but it hasn't been what it was before that. Kanye doesn't even have okay albums. He has fucking eight amazing fucking bodies of work and then one of the shittiest albums I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> That's how you feel it's about so, Ye. it's so Yeah, yeah, yeah is an actual piece of like actual piece of shit. I hate that album so much. You don't even like uh the Whatchamacallit joint? The one that I, I, the one know, that Drake wrote. I, no, it's not a bad record. I I only compare artists amongst themselves. I that Ye album is far better than a bunch of other albums that came out that year. But I only compare it to what Kanye West does. Well, by the That's way, a shitty Kanye West album. Fair enough. And all right, the Drake record is sounds like a lazy sometimes Drake album. Myself, the intro is the only myself, record I like, but that's because I'm actually a depressive psychopath. Menacing, frightening, find help. Sometimes I scare myself. And I like the beat when it kicks into the. When's the last Freaking time you listened to that? What did you say? When's the last time you listened to that? I, I I listen to that set. <laughs> no, no, I listen to that one semi often, and not often, not as much as I listen to um, not as much as I listen to water. On the on the God album, Water is an incredible song. Oh, I mean, Water is incredible. the it's the greatest incredible song. So, but 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 you know, what I'm so tight about too. I'm so dumb. I used to get so much cool shit when I was actually in the know still, and didn't have yo fucking. I have the Drake version of this record. I had it. It's gone. I don't know. I don't know what the mm-hmm. fuck. I don't know what the fuck happened with it. It was there though. And I I could probably find it. I think I have it in my iTunes somewhere. It it it, it, it is it a thing that was around. It was passed around for sure. 
because a lot of records were passed around that off I, from that period. Yeah, from just that era, uh, specifically with Kanye too. Right, we're just out. Well, again, he's keeping the worlds could hear. (laughs) What some of them are just bad, and just certain things he was saying because right around that yay time was when he was, and I'm not I'm not even saying politically wise, just everything he was saying at that time he was kind of out of his mind. So that showed up on a bunch of records that never came out that people would look at Kanye West even crazier than they probably already do as far as some of his views. I'm starting to get a fucking annoyed, though, because I love that Kanye's body of work was like so flawless. Is there a better body of work in hip hop? I, I don't think so. You know, not with this much of it. Like that many good albums. I mean, by the time he got through Life of Pablo. I, um, is there is there another artist in hip hop that has more replay value than Kanye West? From 2004. No, fuck that. 2002. Do you mean now? Do you mean in rap or? I'm saying period. I'm saying from his career from 2002 to okay. now. Okay. Does anybody, years, does anybody does else anyone in history. have more replay value than Kanye West? Let me, hold on. I wanna, let me dice this down even further. Meaning more saw, more material you can replay. Yes. No. I don't, I don't even think. Because he didn't, and, he, he didn't waste, he didn't waste album cuts. There are, there are artists we love. Hove, for example, has albums where album cuts were thrown away. Kanye, now yes. Kanye has a couple. I do think that College Dropout and Late Registration are a little beefy. I, I would cut down, I would cut down both of them a touch. But you're comparing him to other great artists who have albums where 40% of it I would cut out. Dude, The Glory is a B-side. Now, was it even on a B-side? It was on a B-side? I don't even actually I don't even know if it was actually technically on a B-side. I don't know. I don't think it was. It's it's an album cut. It's an album cut. I used to play Glory out all the time. (laughs) It's it's such a fucking great record. Let's pause right there for a second, Rory, and and do a whole separate episode. I think we got to do more with Rory. We're talking to Rory from uh, Rory and Maul, Joe Budden podcast fame, uh, music fame, uh, general great guy and industry staple. Um, So let's do a whole nother episode with Rory. Um, for the Patreon. And if you want to hear another hour and us get into a whole lot more, yes, yes, Rory, stick around for an hour. Sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash one ep is life. We'll do more with Rory there. 